What's going on, Sober family? Welcome to Sober Live, where industry and culture meet. I am T. Priester, co-founder of Sober and president of Core Financial. Hi, everyone. This is Shay Norman, co-founder of Sober and founder of The Bridge Financial Accountability Coaching Company. What's Happy Monday, on? Shay. Happy Monday. What's going on with you? Everything. Um it's Monday. It was it was a long day and it's not over. This is actually my over. favorite part of a Monday. So I'm glad to be here. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Are we oh, I forgot to ask you before. Are we attempting Clubhouse again tonight? Or we um we should have asked me before because I, I, I didn't, didn't even think about it until we just started talking. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll get better with that. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get it. So good weekend. I know it's Monday. Weekend good overall? Yes, it was. I actually completed all of the available Ozark episodes. Do you watch Ozark? Just finished season four last weekend. You like it? Stressful as hell. I mean, I've never watched a show that like does not give you a break. Every time you think you know something's about to go good, another twist comes. So... Yeah. yeah, I've been I've been watching it since since season one. I, I picked it up early, so it's definitely a good show. Yeah, I um, I I started watching it season one mm-hmm. um, to the point that I was just like waiting and waiting for this new season to come out. And to be honest with you, I feel like my Ozark phase might be dwindling a little bit. Um, right. Certain things became a little bit too predictable for me. Yeah. You know, as opposed to how it was. But anyway, did that. Um, shout out to good friends. I went to visit one of my friends and chefed up something nice. And okay. this is one of my friends. We call ourselves a part of this. Um, and this is no shade to anybody or the way anybody eats on a regular basis. But we're a part of what we call the fat ass club. <laughs> and we got it in this weekend. So okay. I was very happy. It was it was a very good. F.A.C., huh? <laughs> yes. Everybody got a little bit of that in them somewhere mm-hmm. at some point in their lives. And if you own up to it, it's just it's fun. So Yeah. No, nah, that's good. That's good. I, I'm I'm glad that y'all enjoyed yourself. Do you want to tell us where you went? Um, no, I actually I chef something up at, oh, our, you did at it. our house. So oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so we did a um lobster tails uh, well the actual tails like the small tails lobster tails shrimp salmon and actually salad so it really wasn't that bad but it was just the way i you know made it with a nice garlic parmesan sauce it was okay pretty awesome yeah hey that's good to hear um what about you well how was your weekend it was good it was good um celebrated my my daughter's birthday on friday i went out to eat with her you know i was laughing i was telling my mother my kids aren't little anymore. Like when they were younger, you know, Chuck E. Cheese and some cupcakes would suffice. But um, I mean, she hit me over the head with some fancy restaurant that she found, and I'm like, yeah, this is this is different when your kids get older and they start developing their own taste and, and likes. And so we went out to eat um, Saturday, hung out with a friend. We went well, out. Wait, to, um, did she choose a good restaurant? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was okay. a spot. It's it's um I think like up in Johns Creek called Stage. Stage. Um, I've never been there before. I'd never heard of it, but I like she Sage. went there. Okay, yeah. so yeah, okay. she Good. she wanted to go there. She's raving about they have um uh stuffed salmon. 
um, with crab cake, with crab, okay. crab meat. So she wanted that. So we did that. Um, but yeah, Saturday went and hung out with my friend, you know, celebrated some success that he's having in his business. I mean, don't you just love it? Like when your friends are winning? Absolutely. That's a good feeling. Yeah. I mean, this, this is a guy I've known for 15 years and, you know, we talk about coming from the mud. I, I've, I've seen this guy like really build something that is, is really bringing tremendous value to him and his family. And I'm talking about like life changing, you know, type opportunity. So we went out and, um, you know, hung out, you know, just reminisced a little bit, you know, shared and reveled in the success. And then Sunday, um, didn't do too much, watched some football, you know, did some reading and kind of prep for the week because I knew I had a busy week coming up. So, you know, just kind of getting ready for for today and, and everything else we got going on for the week. So nice. Good weekend. Good. Good weekend. So we are doing something sober to bring more value to the podcast. Shay, we've been doing this a little over a year now. And um, our admin has gone back and, and labeled and numbered all of the podcasts we've done. I, I forgot what the final number. Well, she didn't give me the number. She didn't give me the number yet. But we've been at this for a year. And um, although I enjoy it, we still have some room to grow, right? There, there's still some things that we're learning. Um, you know, podcasting is it's not difficult, but it takes work, Right. So what we are doing, so but Shay and I are in a five-day training, um, you know, to better to become better podcasters, right? Yes. We are taking this course for the next week, um, and it's hosted by a brother who has the number one. Let me get it right. Black business podcast on April. Excuse me on Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, this brother has grown a seven-figure podcast. So. You know, I'm really excited about, you know, what we're going to learn, what we're going to experience, some connections we make. Um, you know, today was day one. Already got some dope content from that. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So- and I love it, too, uh, you know, in the sense of always getting better, you know, mm-hmm. um, for individuals who may have just tuned in to Sober, maybe just became a member in the last week or two. Hopefully they're enjoying Sober Live already. But just to think we've been doing this a year. And we are working it out. You know, it's kind of like being in the gym. You have to constantly get better and better. So I'm looking forward to when we can look back on year one and really laugh and talk about yeah. how much we've grown. So good stuff. And there was a brother that posted on the wall. I meant to write his name down. He was on, um, I guess he caught the replay because he just posted something today. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, you know, I'm learning. I learned so much from last week's conversation. So you know, it's always encouraging to see stuff like that. People really find it value in what we do. So right. shout out to that brother and, you know, everybody else who rocks with us every week. Yes. We enjoy it and uh, we're going to get better at it. Last week, last Tuesday, we had our um, first inter- insider interview. We did. Um, I wasn't able to be on. I had a situation I had to take care of, but Shay, you held it down, did a great job. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, our guest Ngozi, I'm not remembering Ngozi's last name. Ajani? Yes, I believe. Yes, yes. yes. Um, tremendous sister doing some huge things. Um, it was one of those interviews where it was really more 
just like a conversation. Yeah. Right. You you have a good friend over. Y'all want to catch up, kind of share what's going on in each other's lives. And um, she has a lot of stuff going on. But, you know, it was just really refreshing just to be able to sit back and hear all the things that she's doing, you know, to, to better our community, our industry. And, you know, some of the challenges and fights she's taken on for, you know, us as black agents and agency owners. I mean, she's if you guys heard the interview, she's making some waves. For those of you who missed it, you missed a dope interview last week. You really, you really did. She um, she's so inspiring. And it's again, going back to our peers and celebrating their successes, just to have a peer that you can look to that inspires you. And, I, you know, I, I look at her and I think of her being limitless. And I know it has a lot to do. We didn't get to talk about her fitness company. So she has the April Insurance Consulting and all of the mini initiatives. But then she also has a fitness company. And I'm I'm interviewing her and watching her. And I'm like, her fitness has a lot to do with her success. So take that as a clue. You know, if you're out there and you're wondering why the dots aren't connecting, keep in mind, the same person that wakes up, puts their feet on the ground, gets up to start their day, that's that's the same person that has to take on, you know, clients or staff or employees or whatnot. You're that same person in all of these different situations. We wear many hats, but when you take care of the self and you take care of what's most important, it affects everything else. And I saw that um, I saw that all over her. So I really appreciate her. Her kids, I'll say this and I'll let it go. TP talked about the fights that she's taking on and things that she's doing. She said her children call her. Do you remember what she said they call her? Oh, no. I heard it. I do not remember. So I asked her, I said, who is Ngozi really? The pop-off queen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's right. The pop-off queen. I mean, she's got dope energy. Like, when we met her, you know, when she she flew into Atlanta, sometimes you just know, like, right. this is a person, you know, I'm going to be connected to. And, um, you know, she, she hasn't disappointed at all. I mean, every conversation with her, you know, is inspiring, is motivated. So I really appreciate her. And even taking time out of her busy schedule to, to do the interview because, you know, there was a lot of conflict of, of, of schedule because, you know, she teaches, you know, on Monday night. So... You know, to have her take time out of what she does to, you know, move some stuff around that Tuesday, you know, we really appreciate that. And she was really honored to be our very first Soba uh, Insider interview. So if you look at Ngozi's career, the things that she's done, and she's honored to be in front of us and spend time with us during an Insider interview, that should say a little something to you all. You know, there is some, some definite value here if you're just getting here. Yeah, and she lives over in um, LinkedIn. So, you know, if you're ever on there, you know, make sure you follow her. She's always, you know, supporting us, even over here on Facebook, where, you know, this is the, this is not where she spends a lot of her social media time. But she'll hop over here, you know, give a shout out, support, thumbs up, heart, whatever. So, you know, let's, let's return the favor, Sova. Yeah. And I haven't been on the wall today. Um, And I'm not sure if we posted it, but we'll continue to post the upcoming collaboration between Soba and ACO Insurance Consulting uh, April 8th. We're doing Black Friday. Ngozi, her idea was to bring Black agents in front of the carriers that they need to be in front of and literally making a connection. So I'm really excited. I can see us doing this in multiple 
you know, locations, but this is the very first one coming up in April. And so you all want to spread the word, even if you feel like you have all the contracts you need, all the carriers you need. And we'll get to a point where we talk to you all about specific lines of insurance um, that will be hosted there. But share it with someone else. You know, people are coming into this industry every day, new, not knowing where to go, what to do. So make sure you all are sharing the information that Soba is putting out. Absolutely. I know you have some industry news. You want to pivot to that? Or, or is it something else? And I, the reason I asked is I want to share one quick article that I found before we get into. But I just want to make sure we're good with this part and ready to move over to, to industry news. Hey, we can flow. Go with All right. So check this out. This came into my inbox earlier today. Somebody emailed it to me. And it's kind of insurance related, but I thought it was really interesting. There's a Mississippi pharmacist that was sentenced in a $180 million cream scheme is what they're calling it. So this article says a Mississippi pharmacist was sentenced on Wednesday to five years in prison for a multi-million dollar scheme to defraud private insurance companies and healthcare programs for military members, retirees, and their families. David Rutland is this guy's name. He's 42 years old. It says out of Bolton. I don't know where Bolton is. It doesn't Mm. say. Uh, But he pleaded guilty to getting kickbacks from distributors for referring medically unnecessary compounded creams and other prescriptions the scheme resulted in him making more than $180 million through fraudulent billing, including more than $50 million to the federal health to federal healthcare programs. So I'm sitting here looking, I'm like, I know we've always been told that crime does not pay. This man made $180 million and you see what his punishment is? What is it? Five years in prison. So sober. Shay, let me ask you. What are you pushing here, TP? What me, I'm just asking. I'm just asking the question. Just asking the question. Would you do five years for 180 mil? Non-violent I, crime, so you're not going to be in maximum, you know, security, all that kind of stuff. You'll probably be in one of the Martha Stewart setups. Five years, 180 mil. Would you do it? I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. So, anybody else in there? <laughs> anybody else would do it? Shay says she would. She would for 180. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. So, I mean, I don't know. So, if y'all see me disappear for a couple of years and come back paid, you know, I made a. I might have made a different decision. Like sometimes I feel like I'm in the wrong business. Just don't forget about us. We've been riding with you. Oh, don't forget. About just make sure y'all put money on my, my card while I'm in there so I can get my smokes. Right, right. And then we'd be but good. You, but, you know, we think about the fact that we have to take fraud, waste, and abuse continually. Yeah. And I don't know about you all, but when I'm reading that, I'm reading it for truth, like real to life. We know that in this country, and I, I'm only speaking for this country because this is where I live, but we are overwrought with fraud cases. Like in yeah. people, it's it's almost like we more so look for ways to be fraudulent as a as a country rather yeah. than 
how to really make money honestly. I'm sure you heard about the nurses that got busted. They made 1.5 million on the fake COVID vaccine cards. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 One, they made 1.5 million? Yes. More than 1.5 million. But they they weren't really low key. Um, right. A lot of things just stood out like red flags. So it's amazing how we get caught up in the dollars of it all. Yeah. And just like really lose ourselves. So I, I know we just said we would do it, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when we take, when we take our, our CE courses, I mean, the fraud they talk about feels like crimes. Like, you know, they talking about, you know, money laundering and, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. Most of us ain't thinking on that level, you know, but to hear the amount of fraud that is in the industry, it is, it's interesting. You know, yeah. I, I another article came across about this couple that um, wanted a new car, so they burned their car in the desert and took the insurance money and, you know, went and got another car and um, the cameras caught the guy parking the car and burning it and gps cell phone i mean it's like you you it's it's very difficult to get away with these crimes and it's not worth it i mean i think he got like twenty seven thousand dollars for the truck or whatever but he's you know he's in jail for insurance fraud and that's that's a serious crime right i mean this guy which is interesting because he's gonna do more time than the guy that got 185 mil mm. i think this guy got like 20 years for insurance fraud for twenty seven thousand, and then you got this other guy that got one hundred eighty five million. Yeah, interesting. That's so, interesting. but yeah, I will say I have to say this because it's it's on my mind to say it. Until people really realize and really think it through, the largest criminals are the ones that run the world. There's so many traps out there for us to play around a little bit, you yeah. know. Until somebody is tired of you playing around, mm -hmm. and then. You know, there's there's that. There's the smackdown. So in the news. Um that was an interesting article. So getting into a couple more things that are insurance related, I thought it was pretty interesting. Root insurance, or if you want to call it an insure tech company, yeah. it's a pretty simple company to go on their website, grab a quote. Um, but BlackRock is actually loaning them $300 million as it lays off 330 employees. Like their loss ratio, well, their stock price dropped like 20%. So even though their premiums are going up, their losses are huge. I read another yeah. article like that about Progressive. Um, and it just started to make me wonder more about what's really going on in the PNC world. You look at all of these um, natural disasters. Yeah. You know, um, so that was really interesting. And I was I was curious if any of our agents, any of our PNC agents might write with them because they're also adding an independent sales force. So it's kind of like they're dropping a huge part of their workforce to pick up independent agents, mm -hmm. which sounds like it, you know, makes sense. Also, I think Carvana. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm speeding past myself. But, yeah, I just thought that was interesting that BlackRock had to come in. And kind of say, help save that company. And then staying in the same lane, car subscriptions. I was looking at, you know, just the whole car subscription model and how popular that's becoming. 
and people mm-hmm. are going a different route, you know, paying for their car insurance, paying for their maintenance in the form of a subscription. And it seems like it's working out for a lot of people. I know that um, before I went and grabbed my little, I still don't have a name for my car, but before I went and grabbed my car, I was looking at the Volvo subscription because they have a hybrid model, electric and, and gas powered. And um, it was a really simple process. I ended up not going along with it, but this particular company by the name of Kazoo, you can get all of that included. So in one story, I'm looking at how independent agents are being highlighted in certain ways where people are dro- companies are dropping off their workforce. But then you also look at models like a Kazoo or Volvo and all the others where the insurance is packaged in and the agent really has nothing to do with the consumer in that scenario. So I'm just thinking about how things, you know, are changing like rapidly before our eyes. It's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really curious to see how far tech is going to push our industry. Um, you know, a lot of industries were replaced the human element as soon as they could with, you know, AI or robotics or whatever. I mean, we've all seen the little robot flipping burgers at McDonald's. So and then, you know, Walmart has 20 lanes, but really only one cashier. Everything else is self-checkout. So I have no idea why, you know, they haven't got rid of those lanes. But, you know, our industry, I, I think there's always going to be the need for a human element. You know, some people just going to have questions that they're not going to want to press to to hear a response for or go into a website or, you know, a chat room. So I think there's, there's always going to be the human element. But, you know, I'm I'm trying to get more, you know, tax savvy, tax savvy, you know, in my business. We've automated a lot, but we mm-hmm. still give people the access to always talk to a live agent, you know, because some people are cool with that. They want a quote online without talking to anybody. But then you still have people that, you know, want to talk to somebody and make sure they're making the right choice or whatever. So it's interesting it's to see how this thing's going to play out over the next few years. I like the flexibility, not only on the customer side, but also on the agent side, because you have those of us who like people, you know, who like talking to people and um, like getting other customers based on a good rapport, a good relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I like that flexibility. The other thing, I just I had another article. I didn't know if I was going to bring it up, but to your point, I'm looking at the healthcare exchanges. There's an article talking about the fact that since from July to November 2021, 4 million people exited their traditional job. Right. And so is the healthcare exchange really doing what these folks needed to do? Many people, they say, go on to the website and either they you know, can't navigate it or they think the costs are too high. Maybe they're not even choosing the right plan. So I would love to hear if anybody is listening in and you actually are um, deal with the exchanges. I would love to hear just how much you're involved in helping someone choose their plans or, you know, how healthy is your client load? I know some people who are doing very well. So yeah. to the point, yeah, we, we're still needed. Yeah. And I would love to hear from, you know, our, our agents that are in the healthcare sector, like, you know, how does that look for a person that has had coverage for years with an employer and now is deciding, you know, not to go back or maybe they don't even have a job to go back to, you know, with, with all these cuts. 
what does that look like for that person? I mean, are there programs out there that, you know, are in place as a stopgap, you know, for those individuals? Or are you just SOL and on your own to figure it out? And has that become more of an opportunity for our healthcare agents? You know, I don't, I don't do health, so, you know, mm-hmm. I don't really know too much about it, but I would be really curious to hear from the agents, if, you know, if they're saying this has really helped business. Because I know for me years ago, um, when there were some mandates put in place and the government did get involved back in like 05, 06, where the prescription drug programs became mandatory, mm-hmm. that helped my tr- my business tremendously because now people had to talk to me, right. right? Because if you didn't, you know, have the right program or have a program, you get penalized. And then that opened the door for the Medicare Advantage conversation. So, you know, we saw a real spike in business, but I, I wonder if, you know, with all these people leaving and losing their jobs, are healthcare um, agents starting to see, you know, an increase in their business because of it? Because it doesn't seem like the government has a, a real solution for it. They don't. And and it's an interesting thing to think about when you think 10 years from now, 15 years from now, if money is decentralized, you know, then insurance it's already somewhat decentralized, but I'm just wondering how far it's going to go because people, I don't think people are going to stop leaving their jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to have to be a really, really good job to take someone who, let's say, is on the side doing wedding photography and really good at it and now has all of these different avenues to sell their services online a lot of times at no cost and build yeah. up a clientele. If you're not enjoying your job, why would you stay there? They say one in three individuals say they stay on the job, not only because of the health insurance they have, but also the fear of how to navigate without it. So sometimes it's just the thought of how do I do this? It's not even really an issue. So. No, that's a good point. I was reading the book and actually to your point, it was a survey that they just were talking about, about the amount of people that actually were in this blind, not blind survey, and um, they don't tell who you are. What's it called when they Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anonymous survey, survey these employees were given. And the amount, I can't find it in the book right now, but the amount of people that said they hated their job was like very high. I want to say it's like 80-something percent. Like, so you couple that, 80-something percent of people hate their jobs. And you think about that. You think about energy. You think about money. They say that in this country, I think it's 78% of people now are living paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. right? So it only makes sense if you hate your job and you're not getting paid for what you feel like you're worth, why would you stay? Like if there's another opportunity for you to find and do something you enjoy, right? And it doesn't have to be, you know, we always talk about, you know, find your passion, live your dream. It doesn't even have to be that. That's right. It's just something I don't hate. I hate my job. I could dislike this and it's still better than what I have right now. And <laughs> right. I can make some money at it. So it doesn't have to be that big of a change for most people to say, I'm done. And I think you know? it's a fairy tale too. And shout out to Jeff. Jeff is in the building. Jeff said, What's Jeff. up? Hey Jeff. Um, I, I think it's I think it's pie in the sky you know, for individuals to just keep searching for this perfect mix between, 
you know, your passion and it being profitable, sure, it happens. And I will say that in some instances, it takes a lot of work, especially if you're carving out a new path, you know, that maybe not many people have done before you. Um, and so I've read articles in the past where other countries, people in other countries are like, what? You're waiting, you know, you're, you're trying to meet your passion with your profit. Why not find something like you said, that is enjoyable, right? It may not be the top of your list, but then find the time to work on the thing that you're passionate about. If it ever meets up, great. Yeah. I think I, I'm probably going to mess this quote up, but it, Warren Buffett says something to the effect of, if it's something you like, make it a hobby. If it's something other people like, make it a business. And, you know, I think, you know, like you said to your point, a lot of times we, we want to find this magical opportunity, you know, that, that blends the two. And, and some people do, yeah. but most don't. I mean, you know, and even if you love it, hell, it's still business, right? I mean, you can love baking, but when you got to order, you know, for 15 cakes that you got to deliver by the end of the week and your staff gets sick, hey, you get tired of it real quick. Like, no matter if you love it or not, it's still work. It's still a business. You just painted a good picture. Oh, I would not want to be that person. But, um, but yeah, you know, we'll we'll keep seeing how this thing, thing goes. But to the point of sober... We're all, well, many of us, I'm saying we're all, and I'm not at this point, but we're powering the independent insurance agent. So as we're talking about all of these things being decentralized money, insurance, it just makes sense to be attached to organizations that can help you in the facets of your business in life that you need it. You can really run your own shop and do your own thing when you have the right support. Yeah. Somebody say, yo, 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 what's up, Sober? what up whoever that is because we can't see your name but yo yo back to you so we got we got a couple more things in industry news but do you want to jump into this um in in a ip article about the failure rate in insurance or is it something else you want to touch on first yeah jump into it because i i didn't see that enlighten me i looked at a couple and i'm sure we have some of the same notes so yeah yeah so in in Excuse me. Hey, Nicole. Sorry, I had to say hey to Nicole. Hey, what's up, Nicole? (laughs) Um, They released an article last year, and I put this on the wall about a month ago. It said 92% of new insurance agents fail before their license renews in the fourth year. Word a little strange, but they don't last four years, basically. Right. Um, Which is very high. Like... I know we have a lot of turnover in the industry because, you know, career shops and lack of training. I'm not knocking career shops. Hell, I ran career shops before I went independent for years. Um, So I can talk trash about them because I know how grimy they are. But, um, you know, 92% is high. So, I mean, how do you feel about that number? I, um, it it makes me think about the individuals that are actually applying for licenses or taking the test, taking the exam. I remember when I got my insurance license, it was in 2006. So right before then I taken the real estate exam, failed it, took it again, passed it, whatnot. But I looked at insurance as, Hmm, that's interesting. I had a unique opportunity 
but it definitely wasn't anything that I was really focusing on. It kind of felt like a fallback in a sense, mm -hmm. you know? So when I think about the individuals who enter this industry, it's so varied. It's a second career for many people. Um, sometimes people, well, you know this, many people are sold a dream, you know, so how are they being acculturated? You know, how are they coming into the industry? Who's introducing them to a pie in the sky situation? So that's what it makes me think of. But it definitely it definitely doesn't make me feel um, good in a sense. I mean, I know those of us who are in it and we have made some level of success. It might make you feel in some way elite in a sense, but not when you think about multiple people being successful or more people being successful. It's, it's kind of daunting. Yeah. So sidetrack real quick. What made you choose insurance over? You said you, you passed the real estate exam. Why insurance over real estate? Well, <laughs> at the time I was working for a very successful real estate agent. Well, she, she was an agency owner still in business today. And um, she was very rude. And I tried to stick around, uh, but I'm just not of I'm just not cut from that cloth. Um, she treated her husband very poorly and and so thought that she could treat me the same way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. He can yeah. take this. You guys do this. But at the same time, I was attending In Spirit Truth Center, uh, which is kind of a break off of Hillside Truth and Transformational Church. If you in Atlanta, you probably heard of Hillside. But I met someone there whose brother was in insurance. And I was working at an assisted living facility. I love seniors. And so they kind of made the connection of, wait a minute, my brother works with all of these seniors. You talk about seniors all of the time. Why don't you meet him and figure out a different way to serve that same community? And I'm so glad he did, because if you've ever worked in assisted living, anybody out there, it is not an easy job. It's, right. it's rewarding because you almost are, um, you're impacting someone's life kind of like no other. But at the same time, is is very stressful and hard. So yeah. you're just knocking all these tests out. You have your series six and seven. Uh, series sixty five, and the reason I did that is because I wanted to have the title of fiduciary and really go through the training of how to set up financial plans, how to you know meet with clients. But no, I, I didn't need a six or seven because I didn't want to get into the selling of stocks. I just right. was interested in directing the flow of the wealth and then grabbing a stock broker or a broker um, when we needed to do some stocks. Got you. Got you. Okay. So yeah, 92%. Um, you know, for me, you know, someone is always out there up talking our industry, you know, that, that is a pretty sad number. Um, you know, that's more than nine out of 10 that fail at this. And I don't know when, when I came in, I could see that again because I came in on a career shop. I think those numbers may be a little different on an independent side. And I'm not being biased. I'm just thinking of the the whole integration into the the opportunity based on where you're coming at. So when I came in on the career side, I came in for a group interview, and mm -hmm. it was probably you know 30 of us in there. And I was pissed because it didn't say group interview. It told me my interview was at nine and I walk into a room and there's 30 other people in there. I'm like, okay, here we go. So, you know, a guy comes out and he's rah-rah and blah-blah. And I'm like, okay, you know, just let me get to my my one. And I, I had a little bit of knowledge about the industry because somebody had told me about it. I didn't know a whole lot, 
but I knew to look past all of the rah-rah so I can get to, you know, the meat of it. So then I go into the interview and, you know, a lot of you probably have experienced this. You go into the office and, you know, the rah-rah continues about how much money you can make and how great the opportunity is. And they're pointing to all these trips you can go on. And there's a big check on the wall of how much money they made on their commissions. And, you know, you, you go through the whole thing. You know, you, you keep your own time and we train you and all this. So to your point, Shay, they sell you a whole lot, right? But what they didn't tell me is I had to go out and get my license, which required me to go and take a 40-hour course. Then I had to pass the exam. Then I had to get contracted. So this wasn't a overnight opportunity. It legit took me, I failed the test my first time. Mm-hmm. And I failed about one point. And I was like, lady, why did you even tell me that? Like, I'm going to be thinking up all night, like, what is that one question? So anyway, so I went back and I told the guy, hey, you know, I failed my test. When, I can, when can I start working? He's like, you can't until you <laughs> pass the test. So I had to wait two weeks to go back and take my test. So I'm thinking I'm going to start making money and I'm nowhere near making money. And he's not giving me like clarity on what's coming next. So boom, I go back, take the test. I pass, come back, bring him a license. Like when I when can I get to work? Your training start next week. Okay. I go into training and finish my training. What next? Now we've got to get you contracted. What does that mean? Background check, all this other fingerprints, all this other stuff. So like I said, I mean, you know, I can see why so many people would quit thinking after this rah-rah meeting, I'm about to come out here and tear up the world and make a hell of a lot of money. And then two weeks later, excuse me, two months later, you're still waiting for a writing them to come back. Right. right? Let and alone then, a commission. I thought you were about to say a commission. You're still waiting on a right. writing number. You wait. I mean, I felt bad because when I ran shops, it sometimes it was 90 days before I could get people in the field. Like if you, people say Georgia's the takes the longest with background checks. I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't know. Like we would call about the background check, and they would basically say we'll get to it when we get to it. Like I mean, what do you want us to tell you? We're not going to tell you it's going to be done tomorrow or whatever. It we have it, we can verify we have it, but you know. So yeah, I can see a lot of people like really, you know, becoming disheartened and just saying. I got to go find something. I got to feed my family. I can't be sitting around here for 90 days. Absolutely. You know, and then the career side, I mean, excuse me, the independent side, you know, that has some challenges of its own because, you know, now you're funding everything. You, you're responsible for your own contract and leads and everything. So if you don't have the right support, yes, it can be very challenging. And I see why that number is as high as it is. But I'm going to share three things that I think could help in that situation, right? We, we recruit, we, we mentor. And, you know, three, three things that I've noticed that add to that high number is, you know, agents that don't have a system, right? We just think we can, we got the gift of gab, we can go out and sell ice to an Eskimo. Right. It doesn't work that way. So there's, there's really, I, I see a lot of agents out there just winging it, right? So, you know, they don't have systems in place. A lot of agents aren't willing to invest in their business and treat it like a business, right? 
we all know that the leads we get typically from our IMOs is leads they give to everybody. Like you have to invest in your business. In the years that I made the most money, my lead expense was ridiculous. Mm. I mean, I was spending a ton of money on leads because that's how I got clients. That's how I got in front of people. It's a numbers game. Right. So, you know, when I talk to agents about leads and investing in their business, a lot of times they don't they don't see the need in in spending that money to take courses and, you know, get better leads and different things like that. So, you know, not investing in your business. And third, which is the most important to me, is not having a mentor. Mm. Right. Because your IMO is not your mentor. Right. The carriers are not there to mentor you. And a lot of times the person that is assigned to train you, they're not your mentor either. Like when they're done with you, it's on to the next. That's so, huge. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. But for me personally, I struggled the first half of my career because I didn't have a mentor. I thought I knew it all. Right. There were some people that I learned from, from a distance, but it was when I got a mentor that broke things down to me and was real and, and honest with me that my my whole, you know, everything just changed at that point. Right. So, you know, and I, I was laughing at Ebony. Ebony is our um, social media market um, director, y'all. Um, and she was in the field last week and she posted a video over on our Instagram channel. If y'all don't follow us on Instagram, go over there and follow Sobo on, on IG. And I remember you and I were talking, and I talked to her too. And um, the guy that was training her got kind of funny with her about her phone or something. You were telling me, right? And I'm like, okay, Uncle T might have to do a drive by over there real quick because we don't have any of that nonsense. But just the way when it just took me back to when I was being trained and when I was in the field, and see people still using some of the same tactics and having the same mindset you know, that I dealt with 20 years ago when I came into the business. So, you know, having that mentor, investing in your business, um, you know, having a system in place, that really helps cut down on on those. And the mentor typically is the person that helps you, you know, in those conversations to get those different things set up. Because like I said, you know, most of the times the IMOs and, and the carriers, they, they really don't care that much. Right. Right. I'm going to read a couple of these um comments here. I'll, I'll say for me, you just kind of really opened me up to something when you talked about mentorship, because I know that throughout my career, there were certain times that I did think early on, I did think I could rely on someone there at the carrier or someone in the agency. You know, once we built some rapport, I, mean, I can I can imagine how many people come into this industry or try and survive in this industry, it, really, if they don't have any elders around them, who have some business acumen, who have some um, a level of education where they understand business. I can't imagine how lost that individual is if they really don't have the drive, you know, to, to continue to learn. But um, good evening. Facebook user says good evening. So but Nicole said it takes money to make money. And people don't understand the business owner mindset. They expect to get a check in two weeks um, or, four, or weeks. four weeks. Exactly. And then Jeff mentions mentoring is the biggest reason he went captive. I would love to hear more about that, Jeff. But definitely, Nicole, um, 
just just looking at a situation as though you're an employee and not that you have a career that you actually can own and control you you should be owning and controlling and like you already said it you know in another way you said not investing in in yourself so one of the um things that you didn't mention that this article mentioned is just having some real drive and that makes me feel good actually when i think about who we're in connection with you know in our group right here we made it through and many of us have gained some level of success or at least footing you know to know what the next step is so when you think about that i think we're in really really good company um how can we help you know lessen those failures just continue to you know build soba up you all continue to share soba continue to give us your suggestions especially the new agents you know if we don't know what you all are going through and how we can help you it's going to be harder for us to do so you all help influence how we move so right and you know we we've talked about creating soba to be a safe place you know to connect but Shay and I have been at this long enough to understand that it's money that moves the needle, right? We can come in here and kumbaya all we want, but if you're not making money, what's the benefit of that? So we want to connect you with people that can help you and provide you opportunities to grow your business. Like it's not just about having a safe place. We want to help you grow your business. Like the webinars, the interviews, you know, the the membership, all that was put together to help black agents and agency owners make more money. Why? Because when we make more money, we have more impact. We can we can talk we can talk politely all we want, but we know money moves the needle. And if you're an agency owner or an agent out there and you're making good money and good connections, your impact is gonna be a lot you're going to have a lot more impact than the guy that's just making $30,000 a year and is just focused on, you know, keeping his license for another year and food on the table. It's a whole different world when right. money is not an issue. It that's frees right. you up to do so much more, it frees up your creativity, frees up, you know, so much when you're getting that space where money is not an issue. So, I don't want you to think we just talking about, you know, giving y'all some good connections and some some podcasts. No, we we seriously, you know, are strategizing and have put things on the table to help you guys make money. The webinar last week with with Wes, um, I told you Wes gave us some assignments to actually implement and start putting money on the table right now. And he gave something that I thought was, you know, a little basic. Um, but I did it. He told us to send out emails to our clients every day last week and i did i said you know what i i can learn um you know regardless of how long i've, I've been this we can all grow we can all learn something and i did it and i'm gonna tell you these are off of customers i already have mm -hmm. and last week based off of what wes told us to do i wrote five policies just off of that simple email nice you know, hey you know what i've been meaning to get with you hey you know what thanks for reaching out to me now my daughter needs coverage hey maybe we need to get some more because i'm leaving a job you know that's why we bought west end right that's why we bought 
and Ngozi and these are people that are successful at what they do and want to help other people do it. That's why we built the membership. Most agents I talk to struggle with marketing. We got a whole marketing library sitting by, sitting over in Sober, where you all you gotta do is take it, put it on your website, your your social media site, and boom, videos, stills, articles. A lot of people struggle. Say, I don't know how to do that. We put together a whole system to do it for you. Right. So you know we we understand the struggle, but we're trying to get everybody out of it. Like we want to come to the table like paid and ready to make some real change. So, and I, I want to piggyback on that a little bit because you talked about impact, and n- most of us, Ngozi may be the one person in this group that decided when she went to college it would be you know in the insurance vein, you know. I love that part of her story. Yeah, I do too. I thought that was amazing what her father did, but basically when we are impactful and we're living the dream in a sense, you're able to take care of your family and some more folks, you know, and help your community and just be, be a good person, be in a good space and support yourself the way you should. The impact that it has on the young people for them Mm. to realize, Oh, that's what being an insurance agent looks like. What, you know, Many times they have no clue. They might think it's stuffy. They may think there's not a lot of forward movement. Boring. But when they see you live and in color and you let them know what you do, think about how we open up the opportunity to so many young people to come behind us and carry the torch. You know, so there's so many different ways you can look at how we're able to impact. But young people need to see us and they need to see us um, successful. Yeah. Yeah. And then once we do that, I'm speaking for our community. I know our numbers won't be 92% failure rate, right? Because if if we do our job and go out there, you know, one of my mentors said, I mentor you, you mentor someone else. This is how Mm -hmm. this works. I love it. Right? The best way to learn is to teach. So I'm going to mentor you. And what I need you to do is I need you to find someone to mentor because that's when what I'm teaching you is going to become real to you because you're teaching someone else. So if that's what we're carrying on with the young people we're bringing into the industry, there's no BS. They got to, they got to sift through. We're not selling them some pipe dream. We're saying, look, going back to what we said makes you successful. This is the system that if you follow and use will help you get to X, whatever that outcome is. right? Right. That system, my mentoring, you willing to invest in your business, I have no doubt you'll be success you won't be successful. Absolutely. Those numbers won't be anywhere near 90-something percent. I wish we could um share this, but I know it's on the wall. Um I see we're coming to a close, and I just want folks to keep in mind that tomorrow we have Vince Gaddis, who is one of our sober directors. We have our sober daily calls, right? Um, This is the only week that we'll be offering these daily calls without the paid membership. And and I think the the daily calls are on our second and third level of membership, correct? Yes. Okay. So take advantage. You know, if you're still wondering about the membership and what it's worth is, jump on the line tomorrow. Vince Gaddis is going to get into under 65 healthcare at 7 p.m. So it's even at a time that maybe it's after work. You can jump on, 
Vince is live and in color. I'm going to be on. I, I have um, someone coming over to the house, but I'm going to try and get on because I just enjoy this, brother. When I talk about us being reflective of what young people need to see, what they're used to seeing as being exciting or bold, inviting, things like that. He is definitely one of those people. So yeah. I'm looking forward to Vince having a conversation with us about under 65 um, health care and can probably ask him some of the questions that we were talking about a little bit earlier in regards to how, you know, the exchange is working out for people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So every day this week, Monday through Friday, there's a call. Um, the information to access the call will be on the wall. You do have to register. So, you know, make sure you register so you can get the link to actually, excuse me, you can get access to the call. So Vince is tomorrow and the other dates, excuse me, the other directors are on the schedules on the wall. So you can see who's doing what on what day, what time, because they're, they're different times right. um, on different dates. So, you know, make sure you check the wall for that information. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and since we got a couple of minutes, let me just go ahead and tell them what it is. You don't want to miss Tiffany Peterson. If you have an agency, even if you have an agency, um, Tiffany Peterson Felder, excuse me, um, she is going to go through agent development. I've been on a call with her team. It was yeah. such a nice vibe. Um, if you're having trouble in that area or if you're thinking about an agency or just want to know, like, what does it take to create an agency? What does an agency owner look like, you know, with some success? So that'll be on Wednesday, 12 p.m. Then Thursday, we have two knockouts, Will and Nakia Thomas, husband and wife couple doing big things in PNC. They're three o'clock p.m. on Thursday. And then my girl, Erica Miles Major, who is in the space of Medicare. She manages a ton of Medicare uh, insurance agents. And so Erica will be on Friday at two o'clock PM. So show up, you know, cause they're going to be there. So show up. Absolutely. So with a couple of minutes left, unless you have anything else, Shay, we can start wrapping things up for tonight. Let's see what Jeff said down here. Jeff said, when it comes to this business, I tell people, I am not in the sales business. I'm in the truth business. It's obvious that I'm in sales, but earning trust is more important. When there's trust, there's sales. I love it. We are in the truth business. And the more you tell the truth, yeah. the more business you will have. And people will love to refer you. You know, so yeah. thank you for that, um, Jeff. I, I guess I could say... Um, we could almost close it out with it, that, but I do want to say, I read an affirmation this morning that I wanted to share with you all, and it was about a new beginning. It was about waking up and having a new beginning, choosing when your new beginnings are, and you get to choose how often your new beginnings are. So let's say, for instance, you were listening to us tonight and you feel like, man, I've been given 50%, I've been given 60%, or just period, I know I can give more Start tomorrow, start tonight and plan it out. Get your mind right, get a good night's rest because your tomorrow depends on what you prepare for tonight. So have a good night's rest, get up in the morning and be intentional, you know, be impactful and just have a new beginning. If the day goes a little to the left, that's okay. Do it again the next day. You know, it's all good. So appreciate y'all for joining us tonight. Yeah. And with that, we will close. Thank you all again. And we'll catch you next week.